Jesus said to the crowd, Take care to guard against all greed, for though one may be rich, one's life does not consist of possessions. This is one of those sets of readings where it's really quite obvious what God is talking about. It's like uncomfortably clear what he's talking about. When I was growing up, I, I lived in a really old house. It was probably 120 years old. And if you've noticed, if you go into houses that are of a certain age, you go into the bedrooms and then you look in the closets and the closets, like the one that I grew up with, are not more than a couple feet squared, right? You know where I'm going with this, right? You look at a house that's built today, and they have these rooms that they call closets with all of the walls lined, right? With all of the stuff. Let us build bigger closets for all of our clothing. Let us rent out a storage unit for all of the things that don't fit in our house anymore. Did you know that the self-storage system in the United States generates billions of dollars? There's hundreds, if not thousands of miles of storage in our country for all of the stuff that we've probably forgotten that we even own. We have so much stuff. And Of course, I'm guilty as charged too. When we live in such an affluent society, it's really easy for us to justify things, right? Well, I want it and I can afford it. Well, maybe not the second criteria, but I definitely want it, right? I might be able to afford it. And in the United States, there's always someone that has more than you. So you can say, well, at least I don't have that, right? So I want this. can kind of afford it, at least I can have a credit card for it, and someone else has a little bit more. Jesus gives us an uncomfortable reality that we're not supposed to base how much we can have on the people around us. It's an uncomfortable truth for us as Americans that we are the one person in the world. We within the United States compare ourselves to the one person within the United States, whereas the rest of the world looks at us and our affluence. This should cut us to the heart. It's not that money and possessions themselves are necessarily bad, but Jesus himself said, you cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and money. The big reason why money is an obstacle is because we become so concerned with it that we lose sight of our relationship with God. Because what is money but something that gives us a sense of control and power and maybe even a little bit of status. I can justify my existence because I have a certain amount of means. But I would say the bigger reason why we're tempted with money is because we want to be able to control. We want to have that sense of security, which itself is not bad. But the security that we experience is not because we have money and we have means. Our security lies in the fact that we are beloved sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. What if you had a parent who was a gajillionaire? A gajillionaire. And this parent loved you so much. And this parent was so generous. They 
would literally give to anyone who asked. And they said to you, everything I have is yours. Would that change our level of anxiety about living in this world? Would it change our level of anxiety if we had a parent that could literally, literally provide for every need, not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually as well? You see where I'm going with this. We do have a parent who has a gajillion dollars, who has infinite power, and who says to us, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. Everything I have is yours. Do we believe that? Or do we grasp at this false sense of security that gets in the way of trusting that He is our Heavenly Father. He wants to provide for us. You know, we have this huge vote happening in a couple days. And as I've heard it said recently by one of my friends, you don't just vote with your ballot. You vote with your wallet. You don't just vote with your ballot. You vote with your wallet. And this gets increasingly uncomfortable and close to home for me, right? I, at the beginning of the summer, I got an email from our president at Bishop Ward. And he said, I noticed we have a number of Amazon packages in the entryway. And just so we're all aware, Amazon is now willing to pay $4,000 for, for one of their employees to procure an abortion. And I don't think we can support that. I know it's inconvenient, but I would like us to find other ways to get the things that we need. Period. In that moment of silence, I was like, how many things have I received from Amazon in the last week? Painful, right? Is there a week that we don't receive something from Amazon or something from an online delivery service? Oh, man. This is so convicting. How we spend our money matters. As we head into this week, I encourage us to have maybe some new criteria. Rather than, do I want this and can I somewhat afford it? I would encourage us to have a new criteria. Why am I buying this thing? Or why do I want this more money or whatever this is? Why do I want this really? And this is not my questions from Andy Stanley, but to address it to Jesus. Jesus, why do I want this thing really? Why do I want more really? And just adding that last word, really, helps us to cut through some of, some of the fluff. I probably don't actually need this. I might actually be reaching out for this because I'm trying to fill a place in my heart, a hole in my heart that only you can fill, Jesus. And this is going to get in the way of me being generous with other people and generous with you. As we approach this altar, Jesus is giving himself to us completely. He is pouring himself out with complete generosity, and he's inviting us to exhibit that same virtue of generosity. We cannot be generous, really, until we realize how generous God has first been with us. As we approach the receiving the Eucharist, I'd like us to renounce those spirits or those sins of doubt, doubt in God's providential care for us, the sin of fear that we don't have enough, 
and the sin of greed, that we need more in order to be happy. If you would, I would encourage you to repeat after me if you're willing to make a little bit of a break with these things that naturally start to sink into our lives, especially as we breathe this air as consumer Americans. So if you would, repeat after me, Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name. I renounce the spirit of doubt. I renounce the spirit of doubt. I renounce the spirit of fear. I renounce the spirit of greed. In Jesus' name, I command you spirits to leave me now. I do not want you anymore. Jesus, I welcome your spirit of generosity. Jesus, I welcome your spirit of love that casts out all fear. Jesus, I welcome your spirit of faith and trust. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Amen.